0: Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another fantastic episode and conversation that is going to give you the inspiration and the information that you need to take your career in talent development to the next level and help your organizations thrive and succeed as well. Today, I am speaking with Simon Brown, who is the chief learning officer of Novartis, a Swiss multinational pharmaceutical company with over 40,000 employees. And Simon is also the co-author of the new book, The Curious Advantage. Simon is a commercially-minded learning leader with experience across a range of the world's leading organizations, having co-founded Brightwave, one of the UK's leading e-learning companies. Simon moved to Accenture to consult for companies including BT, BP, Microsoft, and Canon, before moving to Lloyd's Banking Group as head of learning and transformation, and eventually on to Novartis, where he has become the chief learning officer. Simon is also the co-host of the popular podcast, The Curious Advantage, same name as the book, with his co-authors, one you definitely want to check out, and he is a regular keynote speaker at events around the world. In this interview with Simon, uh, we dig into a little bit of his background, talk about his philosophy on learning and talent development, and the approach that Novartis takes towards talent development, and something he calls the unbossed culture. As well as how they approached talent development during the pandemic over the last 12 months, and how they moved things from in-person to remote and made them still engaging and impactful and valuable, including a couple examples of what they've done, and then we really dig into Simon's book, *The Curious Advantage* why curiosity is so important and how we can leverage it in our organizations to improve our culture, to increase innovation, uh, to increase psychological safety, and all kinds of other things. We talk about leadership as well and the impact of curiosity on that. So if you are interested in talent development, learning and development, culture, innovation, even psychological safety and DEI, you're going to want to check this interview out. So stay tuned. Also, want to mention. Simon in this interview talks about the importance of community a couple times, and it's one of the seven C's of curiosity, is community. And as you might know, I run a membership community called the Talent Development Think Tank Community. It is a community of over 100 talent development professionals where we come together on a regular basis to learn, share, and grow together. If you work in talent development and you've been looking for a community of people that you can get together with, that you can connect with, that you can learn from, then you wanna check this out. Just head on over to tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us for more information. We have a members-only podcast, a private Slack channel, and live calls every Wednesday where we bring in expert speakers like Simon who will be joining us soon to help educate us and get caught up on the latest trends and support each other in talent development. And speaking of that members-only podcast we have, there is a bonus interview that I do with Simon at the end of this one where I ask him more questions about his career, mistakes, lessons learned, and that is all only available on our members-only podcast inside the Talent Development Think Tank. So if you wanna join, you wanna get more information, just go to our website, tdtt.us. All right, thank you again for listening. I appreciate you, and without further ado, here is my interview with Simon Brown all about The Curious Advantage. All right, I am here now with Simon Brown, Chief Learning Officer of Novartis and author of The Curious Advantage. Simon, welcome to the show.
1: Great to be here, Andy, thanks for the invitation.
0: Yeah, really great to have you on, and it's kinda cool because we actually met in person at a a conference, a real-life conference back in... I
1: remember those things from a long time ago. Right, exactly. (laughs) I
0: think it was August or October of 2019 at the LinkedIn Talent Connect conference, and you and I were both sitting in the front row for Josh Burson's kind of state of the talent development World talk that he was giving. I think there were probably 500 people in that room, but you and I were there. The fanboys there early, getting front row seats. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And that was good. One ended up chatting from there, and and glad we were able to keep in touch. Just reflecting back on that, as you know, he was talking about all the trends and things going into talent development, and we had no idea what was coming with COVID. What, What did you get out of that whole experience? You know, going to Talent Connect and hearing. From Josh, who I know, you know, that maybe was helpful to you or all of us going into, you know, this, this crazy pandemic that we went into
1: yeah i mean josh, josh is always great to listen to that um he, he always connects many different pieces to, to put some great ideas together i think at that point we had no clue really what was what was lying not very far ahead of us um so uh, many of the challenges i think we were probably wrestling with on that day suddenly uh, the world changed not many months afterwards um when everyone went virtual so yeah um, I, I think it was probably going through a uh, uh, at that point we were fairly early in our learning transformation journey within Novartis we'd made a decision to go big on learning um, we'd got a, a strategy to uh, um, sort of attract and retain talent and to build skills that supported the uh, the business and um, it, it was learning from Josh and many others around you know lessons on how we put that into practice um but yeah then then the world changed. <laughs>
0: Very much so. And when I think back on that too, I think one of the things I remember from that, and then he spoke a couple of months later at my conference, the talent development think tank. And I remember distinctly him talking a lot about the importance of soft skills, what he calls power skills and how it's so important to have communication and empathy as a leader And I think we saw that really emphasized during this pandemic, right? When everybody's now remote, like you really got to be able to communicate with your people, ramp up that communication, that empathy, understanding where people are coming from and and help them through that. So did you see that with leaders in your organization?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, how how as leaders can we both both empathize and understand what everyone's going through but also help create the the energy and the clarity and um, uh, yeah the motivation for people in in what we've all found really challenging times and and even when uh, ourselves we've also been struggling with the, the same challenges it's uh, i know personally going through the, the winter here uh, a few months back now, but it's sort of coming through the gray days and the rain and the whatever. And um, we had some, some COVID in the family where we were locked in the house for mm. for quite a few weeks. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty tough to deal with. And um, I know even that compared to many parts of the world now is is, is still quite easygoing that many people have had, had months of not being able to leave their, their yeah. house or apartments. so. Um, yeah, I think the, the role of, of of leaders and, and team managers is, is so critical in all of that to help help people through those challenges, but also to create the safety and the space and the prioritization um, that sometimes you know, family needs to come first and your own safety needs to come first. And how do we deal with some of the, the challenges of, of people really struggling through that
0: situation? Yeah, no doubt. So you're in a big role there at Novartis, but I, I'd love to just start with a little bit of background of you know, what does your career look like? How did you get to where you are today?
1: So uh, I actually started life as an accountant, um, <laughs> or as, a, as an auditor to be precise, um, so I did management at university, um, was advised to go into accountancy, um, so, so joined uh, accounting firm, started training to, uh, to become an accountant, and uh, fairly quickly realised that that wasn't the career path that um, I, I saw myself on after about 18 months, so I was sort of looking uh, at where that was going to take me, and, and decided it wasn't where my, my passion was, um, and got involved in using technology for um, creating, a, I remember it well, an SOP 97-2 software revenue recognition PowerPoint presentation that we like burnt onto a CD-ROM and made interactive. And it's like, ah, oh, this is actually really interesting. It's like building interactive presentations and then distributing them by CD. It's like you could use this for all sorts of other things. Uh, and that was the shift that actually got me into training. And then moved into to training consulting with that same company left to then set up my own business and did uh, that for a few years. It grew that, sold that. Um, was with Accenture for many years as um, in their learning strategy team. Uh, then went to a big bank in the UK and was leading their uh, learning transformation um, and then, uh, yeah, to, to Novartis eight years ago now, which brought me to Switzerland um, and various different roles before about two years ago, taking on chief learning officer role here. So so learning's the theme all the way through 20 plus years, but yeah. uh, many different aspects of consulting, startup, in-house, um, so see, seeing all the different dimensions.
0: Yeah, you have such a, such a great level of experience in different areas that a lot of people don't necessarily have, having run a business been in consulting, big professional services, and then, you know, working in-house for a large global firm company like Nefartis. What's kind of your general philosophy on learning and development and, and running a great, you know, the approach to learning and development for a big company? I
1: guess, ultimately, we're there to uh, to make sure that the, the business has the skills that it needs in order to deliver against the strategy and that the the people across that company um, are are building the skills to be able to perform to their best ability and also open up opportunities for their own careers so I guess I I look at it that you've got two two main purposes, you know, one, one is help people to fulfill their potential ultimately by by building the skills that, that they need. And, and the other is to, um, yeah, make sure the business gets what it it needs in order to be successful and remain competitive through uh, having the, the right skills and capabilities to, to deliver.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. And could you just tell me a little bit more about like, what's the Novartis approach to talent development and how did that maybe get adjusted through the last 12 months where you had more people working remotely and you wanted to make sure you were still giving people opportunities to to learn and grow in their careers?
1: Yeah. So overall, what we do links to, to our culture, which is inspired, curious and unbossed. Um, and, and a lot of our learning activity focuses around the, the curious aspect of, of that culture. So, how do we support people in their curiosity, giving them access to great learning? Um, also, from a, an unbossed perspective, how, how do we help leaders to become unbossed um, and, and to be able to support their teams and create a, a great environment as well? So, Are you
0: saying unbossed, as in like I don't have a boss? I'm kind exactly, of in charge for exactly. myself? Yep. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yep. Exactly.
1: Interesting. Exactly that unbossed, um, which is a concept around sort of the servant leadership of uh, that. Rather other than the, the boss being the person who knows it all and has the answer, actually, the, the manager, the leader creates a safe space with a diverse team to be able to you know, openly discuss, share, question and come up with a, with better decisions. So, um, yeah, that's the concept around Unboss. There's a, there's a book by Lars Coland that talks about uh, Unboss if uh, people want to know more. So yeah, and then you know, with with then the, the pandemic hitting I mean, we had 60,000 people move to virtual working over the course of a weekend. So then from a learning perspective, how do we How do we support that you know, giving access to, to virtual learning supporting people with the skills to be able to work remotely, whether that's you know, using Microsoft Teams and some of the collaboration platforms or whether that's as, as a manager, how do you manage your team virtually also, particularly to what we were saying earlier, you know, how how do we help people build resilience and uh, you know, manage manage um, some of the the complexities that come there, as in challenges that come there as well? So there's a, a lot of different things we did, not just across learning, but the whole what we call people in organization, the HR team, uh, to be able to support uh, and make sure we, yeah, we we were helping through the, the challenges that were there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And was most of your learning done in person before? pandemic or did you already have a lot of like virtual or digital stuff set up you know
1: we had we had quite a lot already um virtually um and we had sort of, um, through through our partners access to catalogs of, of great virtual learning as well um but it did mean we had to to repurpose you know uh, the things that were previously done face-to-face and, and find virtual ways of delivering those programs um, but it also helped i think with the adoption of some of those virtual platforms as well because where maybe people had preferred a, a face-to-face solution in the past, actually, they were through this um, more open to using some of the virtual resources. And we saw some some enormous increases in the use of those virtual learning platforms Mm -hmm. um, as we went through 2020 first few months. um, There's a big uptick, actually, in the amount of that virtual learning that was used.
0: You saw a lot of interest in people taking advantage of those and, and learning, so an uptick in the virtual platforms. As you were looking at converting things and creating those opportunities, just curious, is there one program or thing you'd point to that you'd say, hey, this was a big success. We, we made a big impact with this program or the way we set something up for people to learn.
1: Yeah I, th- I think one that comes to mind is um, it links back to our culture and, and Unbossed that we were talking about so we have a what we call uh, our Unbossed leadership experience last year we had about 5,000 leaders go through that but the the program was originally designed with two face-to-face immersions where you would go go away to somewhere quite remote as a um, a small group and um, the program focused a lot on self-awareness and really sort of discovering you know, why you are as you are and going back into you know what what made what focused your beliefs in a certain way and there's a lot of um inward reflection around um yeah how you came up with the ideas and, and the views that you have uh, that then moved to virtual um, and I went through the program actually myself and my my uh, five-day immersion that should have been in, in some very remote beautiful place was was done sat in the chair behind me there right. uh, virtually um, but interestingly it, it was um, arguably as impactful as it would have been um, and without many hours of, of travel to, to get there uh, and at the end of that week immersion one of the other people on the program who have been with the company 26 years talked about how it was the most powerful learning that he'd done in his 26 years in the company wow. and it was done entirely virtually through through teams or through zoom yeah
0: that's really cool that's great that's what you want to hear right that it's not just hey we're making do but we're creating a great experience just to follow up on that what are a couple things that you did to make sure that was impactful? Because we know, uh, you know, having all gone through this now, that we can't just take a five-day experience and put it on Zoom for five days, so or Microsoft Teams, right? So what are what are a couple things maybe you did to make it really uh, effective? Uh, there's a fantastic
1: team involved in in shaping that and building the whole program, um, but a, a lot of the the way it was structured um, was. Breaking out into small groups. Um, so actually it was one-to-ones or, or sort of two or three of you in a breakout room, actually having plenty of time to go through and, and discuss things um, and reflect and, and creating a very safe environment across the whole cohort, which I think maybe 20, 20 or 30 of us on the on the cohort. Um, but it, it very quickly was creating a safe environment where people could share and then being able to go into those small groups um, and you got the the intimacy and the openness of, of a small group conversation, but also then the benefit of coming back into, into the big group. So it was very carefully choreographed, if you like, into the, the sessions and the, the breakouts and so forth to keep it you know, very um, engaging. There was a, a bunch of things that needed to be done to prepare. So there's a, a heart rate monitor piece that we had that, you needed that up front etc so that you had your kit there so that you were able to do it but so it needed yeah that careful organization around it but actually yeah it, it was very effective for for having done so oh yeah. yeah
0: using the breakouts and getting into groups that people are interacting is so important what was what was the heart rate monitor for
1: uh so it's around i mean a a big part of it was you know also sort of meditation and actually relaxing and breathing and and Mm. some of those aspects so uh that was a a tool to help it yeah measures your breathing and your heart rate and things and there's other elements where you had things like um mask here where you're sort of that was again another piece you needed in advance where you're putting you know, how people see you and how you see yourself and huh. what you don't want people to see about you and things so there's a lot of those elements where you know sm- small pieces but the organization to have all of those bits distributed or people ordering them so they were able to do the program uh was yeah took, it took a lot of organization from the team but it meant it was then a very very successful virtual program
0: I love that. I love that. All right. Well, it's a good segue into, I want to ask you some questions about your book, The Curious Advantage. I am really big on curiosity and learning. I think it's fundamental, so important for leaders, for anybody really to grow and, and find fulfillment in their careers. So, you know, why this book? Why Why the title? You know, why is curiosity so important?
1: Yeah. So why the book was um, beginning of 2019, in the space of a couple of weeks, two people completely independently said you should write a book about what you're doing at Novartis um, with learning and, and curiosity. I've never thought about writing a book. Um, I got my, my worst grades at school in English. Um, didn't didn't have that on my list of things to, uh, to tick off. Um, but uh, having to, two people say that independently, it's like, oh, maybe I need to give this some thought. Um, and was having dinner with some friends, Paul and Garrick, um, who had written a book previously and had worked with uh, for several years and was asking them about what's involved and they said well how about we actually help you to, to write it as well we've um, been on part of the journey with Novartis and um, yeah interested in curiosity and learning and so yeah they came on board and we then yeah wrote it as, as the three of us over the course of just under a year um, and I think by having them involved a it got finished which I don't think probably would have ever got finished if it had just been me writing it but also it was, I think it was so much richer because of it because they both brought their own perspectives and their yeah. own backgrounds and Garrick's um, Uh, also got academic background and goes into the history and the language of curiosity and things as well. Um, And so, uh, yeah, we were each able to bring our own dimensions to it and ended up
0: with a, uh, hopefully a, a far better book at the end of it. Yeah. So you said a lot of people were asking you about this or you had, you were getting questions about it. I mean, curiosity is something that we all know about, right? And many of us know curiosity is important, but why did this book need to be written? Like, what is it about curiosity and how you use it at Novartis that is really something that people need to to know about yeah so I mean the the book went even beyond Nevada
1: so the the original idea was right about the Nevada story but actually it became a a sort of an exploration into curiosity and the power of curiosity and the more we researched into it the more value we found in in curiosity and and the more timely I think that it is actually now so i guess go back not so long and um, you know the world wasn't moving as quickly as it is today there were clear answers to many of the challenges that were out there you could you could pick up a book and you know that there was how you know 10 companies had done it before and you just needed to take the models that, that were in there and apply them and and there was your solution Uh, The world's got a bit more complex over the last few years and pandemics made it even even more complex that it's pretty hard now to pick up a single book and find the answer um, or go to one expert and they'll be able to tell you "Yep, exactly what you need to do is ABC and all your problems are solved. So curiosity we see as is the, is the answer to that because curiosity then helps you navigate through that ambigu- ambiguous world and through that uh, you know, world where there is no answer. Um, if you're curious, you're asking questions, you're experimenting, you're trying things out, you're constantly learning uh, and that helps you to navigate through the ambiguity. Um, and that's why we put in the book that we think is the greatest driver of value in the digital age because it's if, if you have an organization that is curious, you will be able to uh, solve so many of the challenges that uh, that you have ahead
0: of you. COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. Advantage is a proud sponsor of the talent development hot seat, known for creating learning, and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to advantageperformance.com. That's advantageperformance.com. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know using curiosity is it's such a big advantage and helps you uncover so many answers, but great for leaders as well, especially you get away from that boss mentality, that old school command and control culture. And one of the things I've come across as I've run so many leadership development programs over the last few years is one of the biggest challenges for people as they move up and become managers is they feel so much pressure to have all the answers yep. when that's not really what being a manager or a leader is about, right? It's more about enabling people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually had um, John Hagel come in and, and talk to us recently uh, um, about some of his thinking and, and from his new book. And he was saying exactly that. It's it's like actually you know, coming up with great questions is what's so important. And Lisa Vidal in her book, um, Kill the Company, talks all about this as well. Of, you know, answers are easy. You can go to Google, you can find the answers. But actually, if you can ask the great questions, that's, that's what makes the difference. Uh, and as a manager or leader, if you change your mindset to uh, i no longer need to have the answers uh it also lifts an enormous pressure of of having to feel that you know the answer to everything when it's impossible to know the answer to everything and and the things are so that's, that's what wikipedia and Goog- yeah that's what google yeah. and
0: wikipedia are for
1: yeah, exactly, and and many of the the problems that organisations face today are so complex. There's there's no single easy answer. We need to come up with a, a bunch of questions and test them out and see the answers uh, that come back from from experimentation, and and then adjust and learn from that. So the curiosity to be able to to, yeah, probe with through questions, also, you know, not just go with the, the, the norm or the expected piece, but actually be curious about other ways, alternatives. Um, there's, there's huge value in that in, in driving innovation. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Uh, in your book, I think you lay out the seven C's of curiosity, or if yes. we could go into some of those and, and share what those yeah, are.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, our research um, sort of came up with a number of areas and, um, yeah, we got into actually uh, can we make them all begin with the letter C uh, as, as we found most of them uh, did. Be, so that got us into the seven Cs, which are all around exploration and discovery, which is what curiosity is all about. So, so it starts around context. So first C is context. So understand the context that you're in and what it is that you're curious about. Then community, so who are the people that can help you to be curious, so the experts, the guides, the people who can open up information, etc. Uh, curations, third one, so all of that generates knowledge and information, how do you then filter that out, what's just noise and you can ignore it, and what are the things that really matter to help you on, on your journey of curiosity. Then creativity, so how do you bring your own ideas, how do you try something different that hasn't been done before. Uh, and then how do you put that into action through the fifth C construction actually test it out experiment try it and see, see what that gives you you'll get some results from that so then you need criticality so you know what do the results actually tell you what biases maybe did you bring that that may have influenced what you're seeing in those results uh, and then research showed us that actually through that process of being curious actually it builds your confidence as well uh, and that confidence then allows you to be more curious and you end up in this virtual a circle where you can go back and then you know ask bigger questions, be be more curious around what you're doing, uh, test out new things, uh, and and build your confidence further. So it gives us a structure really to being curious. I love that. So
0: the seven C's: context, community, curation, creativity, construction, criticality, and confidence. I love all of these, but I think the community aspect is is one that really speaks to me because I am a bit of a bridge builder. I love bringing people together. And I think it's so important that we have a community, other people we go to that we are willing and able to ask for help. Can you talk a little bit more about how that has helped people and organizations with curiosity?
1: Yeah, and it's one of those that, you know, we feel curiosity isn't a solo act that actually if you're going to be curious and, and discover new things, you need other people around you to be able to do that. And then there are, in having those other people, there are many different roles that, that people can play uh, as part of that community. So who, who are the experts that actually understand the subject more and can, you know, can, can guide you through what it is that you need to know? Uh, who are the, the gatekeepers who uh, hold information or hold access to other communities or other groups or whatever, um, and you find the gatekeepers and suddenly they let you into you know, their network or their group or whatever. Um, who, who are the uh, the wise who have been there and done it before and can tell you, you know, these are the things you need to think about. These are the pitfalls that you you want to watch out for. Um, so many, many different roles in that community, um, and by going and finding that community, it's going to open up your eyes, I guess, to, to what it is that you're curious about, which is going to help you then go further down that journey.
0: Absolutely. So we might have a lot of people listening now thinking like, I get it. I love curiosity. I'm a very curious person. I think most people in learning and development by nature are, are curious people. Right. Um, but I work in an organization where we still have a lot of people that believe in command and control or they think they have to have all the answers and I'd love to create more curiosity what are some ways that we can create more of a culture of curiosity in our organizations yeah
1: I And mean, at an individual level even just sort of asking questions and, and sharing what it is that you're learning uh, is a start but as, as a manager or leader you can have a huge influence on the curiosity within your team so um, various different research around this would we we have a podcast that goes with the book and we were talking to the, the ex-CLO of Cognizant who was sharing around how the, the curiosity and learning of a, of a manager uh, reflects on the team. So if a manager is spending more time learning, the team also then spends more time learning. If the manager is spending less time learning, the team spends less. So actually, you know, just as a manager or leader, sharing what you're curious about, the learning that you're doing um, has an impact then on your team valuing, learning more, prioritizing, learning more. Back to sort of the unboss principle as well, though, is also you know, as a manager, how, do, how can you create the, the safe space for people to ask questions, for try to try things out? How do you deal with failure if something someone tries something and it doesn't work? Because a manager can make or break curiosity in, in the team. Uh, and we found in, in Novartis that the uh, the difference between a, a favourable manager and unfavourable manager on a team has its greatest impact on, on the curiosity dimension, that if you consider your manager unfavourable, it's, it's the curiosity that, that is impacted the most, because I won't ask questions, I won't take risks, I won't try things, I won't experiment because my manager is gonna come down on me if I do that. So if you are in a position where you're a manager or leader, whatever the rest of the organization is doing, you're able to influence within your team to create that safe environment where people can can question, can challenge, can share what they're learning, can speak up, can try things,
0: can experiment, can fail, and and, know know they're not gonna get fired for it. Ah, I love that. And one of my favorite topics related to this is creating a culture of innovation. So many organizations think for innovation, we need to create this innovation department, or we need to tell people to be more innovative, but really innovation comes a lot down to culture. And what do people feel comfortable asking questions and trying new things? And a lot of people around the world don't because they're afraid if they try something and they fail, then their manager is going to punish them, right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and Spencer Harrison, who's a, a professor at INSEAD, did some analysis around curiosity and innovation and, and found that, yeah, if, if you're more curious, it drives innovation within your team, that that, that curiosity drives creativity, which, which drives the innovation uh, in that organization. So there's a, a very clear link
0: between the two there that, uh, yeah, a, a more curious organization, a more curious culture will drive innovation. Well, and what you're talking about too, I'm hearing a link between curiosity and innovation and also psychological safety, right? Creating that environment where yeah. people feel safe to show up and and try different things and share ideas. Yeah. And so thats a, sounds like that's a really important part of it.
1: Yeah, very much so. And curiosity in a leader helps to create that psychological safety as well. That, you know, if, if, I'm, if I don't have to be showing that I know all the answers and I can say, oh, actually, yeah, I've been wondering about this, I'm not sure. You know, I'm curious if we tried this or do we try this? It creates the safety that people can offer up their ideas uh, and you end up with a, a far richer discussion than a, I know the answer, it's this, we're going that way. Um, and, and yeah, you, you're then shutting down and not creating that safety for someone to, to speak up and share their thoughts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I can see this being a huge advantage for creating that culture of innovation. What other advantages have you seen or benefits have you seen for Novartis or other organizations who are really building that, cur- uh, that culture of curiosity? Yeah,
1: so there's there's quite a few benefits that come directly from uh, from curiosity. So uh, Francesca Gino, who's a professor at at Harvard, um, did some research around the individual benefits, and she found that it improves communication within a a team. So um, if I'm curious, then I'm going to listen better, and and I'm going to take on board more of what others are saying reduces conflict within a team. So if someone has a different opinion to me, if I'm curious, I'm not going to take offense at that or get aggressive about that. I'm gonna be curious, okay, why have they got that different view? What, what do they know that I don't know? What can I learn from why they think that? Uh, and that, that reduces that team conflict. Uh, her research also found it, it creates um, better decisions or it reduces decision making errors as well within a team. So if you're curious about different outcomes, you think through different decisions and what, what would result in that and it actually reduces decision making errors and, and improves your decision making. Uh, there's also research from University of California and um, And they found that you actually learn better as well if you're curious. So there's a logical piece that if I'm curious, I'm motivated to learn. But actually, they found if you're curious about the thing that you're learning, it actually um, retains, uh, you retain the information better that it it sparks up the hippocampus and you actually create a stronger memory
0: as a result of it. so. So many benefits that come from this. Well, before we wrap things up, is there anything else that you want people to know, especially in learning and development, the talent development world about curiosity and, you know, creating a culture of curiosity in our organizations.
1: So uh, a, a lot of the, uh, the thoughts are, are in the book, but uh, there's also a podcast that maybe people should, uh, should look up because uh, there's some fascinating discussions uh, with some, some really interesting people on the podcast. So uh, it's the Curious Advantage podcast. It's on all, all the main uh, podcast services. Um, but there you got yeah, interviews with the likes of Josh Burstyn that we, we mentioned earlier, Lisa yeah. Bedell that I uh, mentioned uh, as well.
0: Um, so you had my friend Michael Bungay-Stanier on there as well. <laughs> Indeed, it's all about curiosity
1: yes. yep yep absolutely so it's a mixture of sort of business leaders uh learning leaders academics uh and and just interesting people who uh also bring bring in we've had um the, the ceo from abbey road uh music on there talking oh. about curiosity in the in the music studios and things uh, we've had some yeah really um really interesting you know also uh outside of the learning world speakers as well on there so
0: well, this has been uh, fantastic. A lot of great inspiration on this topic of curiosity. The book is The Curious Advantage, the podcast by the same name. Hope people will go check it out. I know if anybody wants to get in touch with you, Simon, I assume LinkedIn is probably the best way, best way to go.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, hang on. I want to ask you a few more questions for our bonus round. Ah. But <laughs> Yeah, well, but thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you in a few minutes. All right, that does it for my interview with Simon Brown, Chief Learning Officer of Novartis and author of The Curious Advantage. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I hope that you got some great nuggets out of it. I hope you took some notes and I hope you're going to take some action as a result. How can you go build a more curious culture inside your organization? How can you help your leaders become more curious? How can you leverage that to create more innovation inside your organization? How can you create a culture where it's encouraged to be curious, where curiosity is encouraged and you create more of an unbossed culture. Is that something that maybe you want to try doing where there's less command and control and more freedom for people to work the way they want to work? So definitely some food for thought. And also one more thing for you to think about as we wrap things up, I do have a bonus round interview with Simon where I ask him questions about his greatest accomplishment, his greatest failure or mistake and what he learned from it. And he shares two, the biggest challenge he sees in talent development, the biggest trend he's following in talent development, and his career advice for people. And I'll go ahead and tell you what his answer was. For career advice, because I love it. He goes back to the third C, sorry, the second C of his seven C's, which is community. And he talks about the importance of having a community of people you can go to that you trust to ask questions, to share some of your challenges and goals and get support in the things that you're working on. He did that unprompted. And you know, I'm a big fan of community. And of course, I run a membership community called the Talent Development Think Tank, where we have over 100 amazing talent development professionals talking, connecting, sharing on a regular basis. And if you work in talent development, we'd love for you to come check it out. Once you join the community, even on a trial basis, and if depending on when you're listening to this, we still have a trial offer available for $1 for the first 14 days, you can get access to our member-only podcast right away and listen to that bonus interview that I did with Simon. You can get into our Slack channel and start hearing and seeing what we're talking about in there, and you can join a couple Of our live calls that we have every Wednesday with guest speakers like Simon, who's going to be joining us likely in August, but we'll see when we can get him on as a guest speaker. And you also get to connect with all the other fantastic people in our group. I wish I could sit here and name all of them because I've gotten to know many of them personally and just such fantastic people with such great expertise. And I just love connecting with them on a regular basis. If you have been looking for a community of people that you can belong to, that you can connect with, that you can learn from, and you work in talent development or adjacent to talent development, come check us out. The website again is tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us. I'll see you there and I'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.